Welcome to the Northern Mythology Podcast. I'm Daniel Farrand, owner of the company Horns of Odin. I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Matthias Nordvig. Hello, everybody. This time we are joined by Rich Blackett. Um, Rich is uh, an officer of the Pagan Federation and also through UK in the UK. Um, also on the board of uh, uh, also through UK and former chairman as well. And he's going to be talking to us about trolls. Welcome to the show. Thank you once again. It's always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great to have Thank you back. You. Yeah, I feel like you're becoming our resident Halloween special. Oh, indeed. Uh, I I always look forward to this. everybody. I love spooky things. <laughs> I, I love all things spooky, horror, dark. I went I went to see the last podcast on the left live yesterday, which was a lot of fun. Fantastic. Um, yeah, anything anything horror, I'm there. So I always look forward to these ones. Uh, yeah, Matthias, mm-hmm. you you big into horror? Uh, do I look like somebody who would be into horror? <laughs> you can I mean, never really tell by someone's face, can you? No, oh, you no, can. I guess not. I was thinking more of like the way that I dress always and something black with something metal on it. And yes, of course, of course I am. <laughs> and actually right now I am searching high and low for some decent horror movies. Oh, fucking uh, Yeah. I, right like it the, there's so little coming out that's good um like it's always like a friend um i'm going to disagree the, with you there Matthias. straight away straight away wait, winter the con- <laughs> there are lots oh. of great horror movies out there i think it's harder to find them because there's so many sources of streaming this and streaming that that uh, yeah that might be might be the thing too a, a friend uh, uh suggested a, uh, a a movie um for me it's called gaia and right. I sat down and watched three minutes of it, and I was like, "I can't, I can't deal with this shitty acting." Oh yeah, <laughs> but apparently oh. the storyline is good, so so oh. I'll give it a try again. Um, but that's of that's course. the thing that always gets me is like the poor acting in in a lot of these. So, Rich, where do mm-hmm. I go and find proper horror? I, I think it's often by recommendation. There was a tremendous one that was recommended to me not that long ago. Low budget, but really good. Uh, it seemed to be about sort of. Um, supernatural things but it was all set on a council estate in in scotland which seems an unlikely place to set it about this child who's somehow maybe evil or has some kind of you know and it's sort sort of implied it's all very implied that the that the mother of the child is maybe some kind of non-human person or an elf or some kind of fairy folk or something like that but not in a kind of um upbeat happy way it's all very sort of grim and there's a fantastic moment in it where a local council official finds out they've acquired a flat by lying and she starts to challenge them and the mother of this uh, boy walks up to her and and when she finds out she's being challenged she says something like oh i curse you to wander and wander you will never find your way home you will wander and wander until your feet run 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 red with blood until you starve Mm. And say, okay, and she looks at her very strangely. But throughout the rest of the movie, you see this council official still wandering around late at night on this housing estate, nah. and it's oh. so. So it's good. It's very, very urban, but but really, really excellent. Uh, uh, it's uh, again low budget, uh, but uh, I you know for for what it did and its budget it was fantastic. Uh, what's it called? 
I'll, I'll I'll dig out the title for you. Um, yeah, as, as we oh. go on. That that that, that <laughs> came out of left That's field. That's the worst recommendation when you say this. Is oh, really I'll, I'll, I'll find it. It's, it's <laughs> not that hard to find, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But there's this fantastic moment in it where this this guy is supposed to go and hunt the child and he's given all these weird tattoos and he's mm-hmm. told that, oh, you can do this, this and this. You won't be, you'll be invulnerable to this and this. And when they go to Scotland, um, they have to go and speak to some guy who's of some note there to say, oh, we're going to be hunting this guy. We won't be speaking to the dead. We won't be doing this. And, mm. and he says, okay, well, you're on my land now. You've got these and it's uh, it's very it hints at a lot of stuff. It doesn't too too explicit. I mean, there is some very yeah. gory moments in it, but uh, that was mm-hmm. that really took me by surprise. I really enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think not- low low budget British horror tends to do really well. Or for mm-hmm. me, anyway, I I really enjoy it because I think low budget horror in general goes well because you have to think out of the box and use a lot more suspense. Which I prefer. I I'm I think jump scares are cheap. I'm not a big fan of them. I, I think it's an easy way to to scare. It doesn't mm-hmm. really interest me. But a film that makes me feel uncomfortable and creeped out and kind of just a little bit icky by the time it's done. <laughs> that that's that's the one that, that I like. The, the you know, it doesn't need the big jumps and scares and mo- almost monsters. Cause I I guess I, I'm not a huge believer in supernatural. I'm not a believer in monsters so they don't really scare me too much i'm more scared of humans when it's humans doing horrible things that's kind of my fear when it comes to horror that's the ones mm. that that i enjoy when it's when it could be real i like i like the psychological and the supernatural and especially when the two things sort of like conflate and and you're not really sure if it's something psychological or supernatural um Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also I just uh, binge watched um, the new Dharma show. Oh yeah, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, that was like that was that was interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that it's definitely different from you know the typical true crime porn out there, in the sense that you get a lot more insight into victims and. You know, a, a lot of things that you know goes on around mm-hmm. Dharma as a as a person, and then of course I just really enjoyed him getting the shit kicked out of him at the end. <laughs> the <metal bar. laughs> hey, I, I found that film actually. Spoiling. By the way, I found the yeah. film. The film's called uh, the film I was talking about before was called Outcast. Outcast. Okay. Oh, okay. From okay. it's from from twenty ten. Uh, okay. I think it's on Shudder if you're in the UK. Uh, and oh, Shudder's quite good. Uh, so it's on there. And um, again, it was low budget, but just the fact it was set on a council estate and very sort of grimy and urban and kind of, yeah, yeah really interesting. Yeah. It's got the, the only big name who's in it is, I've forgotten who's in it, is uh, James Nesbitt. You've probably mm-hmm. seen him, I think. Oh, yeah. Most famously in The Hobbit, but he's been in lots and lots of other things as well. But uh, Outcast. He was is- like, I feel like he was Sky Atlantic's poster boy for a while. Like he was in like a bunch of like Sky TV series for a little bit. He doesn't play a very sympathetic character at all in this. Oh. He's uh, he's he's quite an unpleasant okay. character. So he's really good though. So yeah. I, I I definitely recommend it. Mm-hmm. That's that's my horror yeah. horror movie recommendation. There we <laughs> go. Good place to start. We're all gonna <laughs> gonna watch it and yeah, I'll let, I'll let you know what I think. But not much uh, related to Nordic mythology, sadly. No, no, no. <laughs> I guess there isn't much. I guess the only one I can think of. Is the ritual 
um, oh, the where they, they go down the, the King's Trail in Sweden and then there's the, the runes hanging from the tree. I guess that's <laughs> that's about it from what I can think. I think in the book there's a lot more to do with the mythology and also links to black metal and other kinds of interesting stuff like that. There's an mm. awful lot more of that in the book, which obviously mm-hmm. for time constraints and scripting you can't include all of that. But that's there's a lot more of that that the, that mm. the bad guys in it are in a black metal band or black metal fans or this, which is a fantastic source of fun stuff to sort of put in a movie i think i mean i just appreciate that in that movie scandinavia sort of like becomes the hillbilly outback to the uk (laughs) that the appalachia (laughs) is for 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 the us like that's where you go and get killed by weird people Mm -hmm. you know Well, that's actually quite an old trope. I think if you look at some of the early 20th century weird fiction, the number of stories where somebody goes to Scandinavia and, oh, that's the strange place where some strange, strange, weird stuff happens. And, or they bring an artifact back from Scandinavia and, oh, my goodness, you shouldn't have brought the thing back. M.R. James put that in a lot of his tropes, uh, a lot of his stories. I mean, really, in, in many ways, it goes all the way back to Shakespeare. Yes. Um, and like using Scandinavia, some kind of like fascinating distant place where you can have King Hamlet fucking around at Elsinore. And then, mm-hmm. you know, later on, you have Mary Wollstonecroft's um, letters from Scandinavia. She's like on a journey to track down a boat that has been stolen from some harbor in the US, mm-hmm. uh, the UK, sorry. Um, and and then she's like documenting uh, the Scandinavians and and like in her perspective we're all a bunch of uh, hillbillies and savages in different ways <laughs> which i mean i prefer so i'm i'm good with it <laughs> well i think another one which is a is um edgar Allan Poe's uh, the maelstrom which is like natural horror there's not sort of any any supernatural things but uh, of course the the huge maelstrom it describes is completely fictional it, it really it barely exists at all but the story's fantastic it's a mm. You know, because it's the most, I remember reading that as a child, and this is this incredibly vivid story. I'd never heard of it. Edgar Allan Poe at the time, but uh, it's just the you know, the intensity of that is, you know, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm trying to think if I can think of any other horror movies that have got like runes or links to, because it does seem like there is a, I mean, at some point there is a link between like, satanism and like using runes and staves and that kind of thing there is definitely some sort of connection i don't know if either of you know where that stems from or when that started but they do kind of connect so you do tend to maybe see them in i guess in movies maybe when they're trying to make something look satanic and you might find like the odd rune written next to it on the wall i guess but other than that i can't think of many examples i think you could probably trace it back to sort of continental magic or people's vague knowledge of that where anything that isn't in English must be magical if it's you know there's times where people were Jewish scholars and people saw them writing you know in in, you know in Hebrew and oh that's magical stuff and it was probably Mm -hmm. just you know a piece of you know um, from the Torah nothing very magical although depends upon your point of view some people think the Torah is very magical so there is that we we yeah. have uh, you know Europe has a long tradition of actually um, writing down and codifying uh, different uh, alphabets. Like um, go back to Rabanus um, Maurus is um, uh, the Inventione in the eight hundreds. It is right. He he's like he's he's like basically writing down all the 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 letter systems that he's familiar with mm. um, and that becomes a, a manuscript tradition that 
is reproduced across Europe. And he's including runes. He's including a bunch of uh, different manuscripts. Also, some of it, uh, not manuscripts, letters. And some of it is probably also just like stuff he invents. And, <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> and um, so uh, when it comes to like these, the, the symbols, the seagulls that we know from, you know, nowadays they're associated with Iceland, right? So the vague VC is the most uh, well-known one. Um, and um, these types of seagulls, they come from France, um, from, from the late medieval period. I think it's actually, maybe it's in the 1500s that this, nah, it's earlier than that. They start producing manuscripts with such like magical symbols in them. And they attribute them to Solomonic magic. They say that this is, uh, this is the magic of, uh, of the ancient King Solomon. So there you have that connection with the Jews and, and, and the grimoire magic and all that yes. sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Get and then the, that well, spills well, over to the Galtrapeik here in, in Iceland later on. Uh, and now that's like uh, <laughs> associated with runes and rune magic and mm -hmm. Vikings and, and that kind of stuff, even though it came from France. <laughs> yeah, it, it, so it all kind of feeds back into itself. It's a, it's a curious thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At what point do you think it becomes tied in with Satanism then? Or that kind of... I think it's because there is that disconnect of people not knowing if it isn't Christian, then it must be evil. There's that very simple, mm -hmm. simplistic mm -hmm. understanding. Anything that's like writing down, oh, my cattle are ill, I will do this thing and that will make the cattle better. But so if you're not calling on God, oh, well, you must be calling on Satan. There's no middle ground there. So mm -hmm. that's the thing. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I was wondering have... if it was a bit, I was going to say, I was wondering if it was a bit newer than that with maybe black metal, black metal being. Oh, there's definitely that as well, yeah. And then having the link to it there, and then those two being used together, and like Mel obviously has its links with Satanism, well, satanic cults. I mean, the, kind of the roots the roots are pretty deep, right? They go back to the 1480s with the Witch's Hammer, right? Which is uh, written at that time and then dispersed throughout Europe into the universities, and that's how the clergy starts um, basically coming up with a myth about Satan and myth about Satanism, right? So that's everything we know from popular culture today, you know, that the, you know, horned goat dude, yeah. uh, um, naked witches dancing around a fire, um, uh, eating babies, all those kinds of things. But that all comes together in the fantasies in the aftermath of the publication of the witch's hammer. And that creates a very distinct sort of like Western European style uh, of witchcraft the uh, style of the myth of 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 um of the pact with the devil and and all that stuff and that's what you know then you know generates the witch hunts in the 15 16 1700s and then you know in the 19th century you have a bunch of like uh, kooky english aristocrats that are you know <laughs> fucking around with mysticism absolutely that's, that's how you got alistair crowley and then for the, the 20th century and now you have the full package right of, of all of mm -hmm. this stuff and that's what you know uh black metal artists for instance they pick up on all the heavy metal artists in the absolutely late 80s yeah. right and so so that that they sort of they take the visuals 
uh, right? Uh, uh, the, the, like the aesthetic, the, really, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the ideas um, that are associated with all of this, they turn them into um, visual aesthetics on the album covers and so on. This is also why you have the satanic panic, right? Mm -hmm. in in the 80s and um, <laughs> even it starts in the 70s in different ways right mm -hmm. one of the interesting things is that going back to these like uh, serial killers is that several of them you know use imagery or ideas that come from from that as well and that's of course because psychologically they're classifying themselves as evil so they're associating with the most sort of like superficial aspects um of 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 ideas of evil in the culture and that's why mm -hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer had like the Satan's Bible and and things like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I think well, I think it's I think it's interesting Bible's that not really. Well, no, it's not really uh, particularly, but uh, but obviously, but it seemed that way to people at the time, and, mm. and and all the you know the the trappings of that is something that you find again and again. I was just when you're talking about the the, the witch's hammer from the 14th century. There's a, a, a an older book. I think it's called um, Europe's Inner Demons. And it documents how every group that once they get in charge, they accuse the people who they've kind of taken over from of, of doing what we would call satanic stuff. So when the Romans are dominating Europe, the Christians are accused, well, we know what they get up to. You know, they drink the blood of their God. Well, that's just, they're clearly degenerates. And then the Christians get in charge. And of course, well, these pagans, I've heard they do all kinds of things. So they're clearly degenerates. And it's everybody is accusing the, the other people of, you know, it's that continuous, let's find a way to other them and say they're mm -hmm. awful. Mm -hmm. and, and that just mm -hmm. never goes away. Mm -hmm. This general human douchebaggery. It's a, it's a very Basically, yes, theme. yes, unfortunately, <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know whether we talked. I mean, this is feeding into sort of what I want to talk about tonight. Is is I think they mentioned the last time. Is but you know, I think it's the origin of the word magic, mm -hmm. which is I think is a, is a loan word from Persian into Greek, and it was always talking about what other people did. We do normal stuff. Those people over there do magic. We slaughter goats like normal people and offer them to our gods. Those people over there, goodness knows what they do, but they do weird stuff. We do normal stuff. And so it was magicoi, I think was the word, was the, the sort of word that as it was always a word. Magic was always for what other people did. Mm -hmm. Christians don't do magic. Those people over there do whatever they're doing. So it was mm -hmm. just a way to say anything that wasn't what we're doing is no, what Jesus did miracles, not magic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the only the only exception. I mean, we'll be off track here, but the only exception to that is powwow. Hmm. Now, powwow. There's two things both called the same. There's powwow, which is some kind of Native American practice, but there's another Christian practice that is distantly, distantly related to sort of practices in Europe and folklore. But they just all the practitioners of that describe themselves certainly in the 19th century as as I'm a Christian and I do this, but if you had your cattle were ill or something was wrong, you would get a guy who would take the evil eye off them. But he wasn't doing magic, absolutely not. I mean, he kind of was, but as far as everybody was concerned, and that's sort of to do with the, the Pennsylvania sort of Deitch and, and, and those sorts of people. And there's still people around who practice a variant of that that's a sort of heathen thing, which is interesting. Right, yeah. Okay, so actually I just uh, Googled the... Um etymology of of magic and uh, the original persian magush um actually um means a member of the uh, learned and priestly class right yes. so so the the greeks when when they're adopting this term right they have techne magikos which yeah. means 
essentially the 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 the, the, the techniques or technos of, yeah. of the magics um, um that that then or the art essentially right that that then becomes the idea of sorcery in- sorcery or weird yeah. stuff that other people do that's well it's like yes. we get the magi and that kind of stuff and yes so yes it's whatever those those weird priest dudes who come from persia do if, from, yeah. from their perspective they, they, they sit they sit in towers with like pointy hats with stars and and sun and moon on well we've them. all done that Matthias. we've all done that <laughs> 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 but these are doing it in the wrong way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. You know, you're funny you should say that. I saw an advert on Facebook, and I don't know why this was a targeted ad to me. And it was it was an advert. I was, you know, most of the targeted ads are scroll past, scroll past. And it was this long silver robe. I thought, what's this? I was looking at it, and there's all these like really cool sort of looking clothes. I was like, oh, hmm, maybe. And then I realized it was actually nothing esoteric at all. It was what were called um, modesty wear. For Muslims going on a pilgrimage, you know, like a Hajj or something like that, so it was nothing dodgy at all. And I thought, oh, well, I can't order that. That's going to be so disrespectful to turn up in a big sort of silver in a Muslim robe. But, you know, I my finger was hovering over the Bible. I will say that. So, <laughs> should we should we get on to trolls? Absolutely, yes, absolutely. Let's, let's, let's talk let's... about trolls because uh, well, yeah, do we, do we have many? I'm trying to think if I know of any stories in like British folklore that I know about. Well, you probably know one that you probably heard at school. To which which one's this? The Billy Goat's Gruff. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, um, although, but I, technically, comes from Norway, but uh. yeah, well, that, that well, that's the thing. Trolls do seem to haunt. Norway, I guess that seems to be their their stomping ground. Oh, we have plenty ground. of trolls in Sweden and Denmark too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I just I would personally I kind of associate trolls with Norway. Um, obviously, I I know that they are in the other Scandinavian countries, but it seems maybe wrongly. I I always just kind of assumed they seem to center there more. Now, that's Maybe. just the ones that have uh, reached the tourist industry better than the other ones. Oh, okay. They've got a better marketing. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I think <laughs> <laughs> they've hired the right team. <laughs> well, it's, it's true. Well, if anybody, I mean, I'm talking, to, uh, talking of the Billy Goats Gruff, if, if anybody wants to have an absolute sort of uh, memory hole, if they can look up the Ladybird book of uh, the three Billy Goats Gruff. And if you mm. if you're of a certain age, everybody will have seen that book in the school library or come across it, the classic illustrations, which are so I think I know this story. Can you just like give me just a brief rundown of the plot? The three belly goats gruff is where there's some goats living on one side of a river and the grass ah, yes, is green. The grass is greener on the other side. It's yes. a meadow. I forget what the Norwegian was a Norwegian with for like a meadow on the other side. And they want to cross the bridge and the troll underneath won't let them. He yes. lives under the bridge. Um, and, and of course, eventually he won't let them. Yeah, I, I, in the version that I was told as a child, he eats them. There are well, there's a in the folklore index. I think it is. Is it one two one or something like that? There's multiple variations. One of them, he eats mm-hmm. them all. Mm-hmm. In obviously the one I read as a child, they outwit the troll and everything's no goats get eaten. But uh, of course, oh. in older versions, lots of people get eaten and die. Of course, in all the cool that's, old that's versions, that's generally the thing. <laughs> oh yes, I, I mean, mean I, I imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine the troll is just like no, 
sorry, not today, you can't come across. I feel like he's he wants those goats. He's like, well, get in my belly. Well, exactly. I mean, much like in the original version of Sleeping Beauty, he didn't give her a kiss to wake her up. No, of course not. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so uh, that prince has a Me Too issue going on there. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, a lot, of the, a lot of the older stories. Well, again, uh, this is the thing about the older stories tend to have much less satisfying endings. And they're very sort of uncomfortable and weird. But that's mm-hmm. what people liked at the time. And I, mean, you've only got I, always, go- wonder, yeah. I always wonder, this is, this is off topic completely. How did Disney get away with stealing everybody else's stories and then just making millions and millions? Because they were out of copyright. Yeah. Is that literally how it works? Because other, I guess, in modern days, Disney now start to write their own stories based based on a a plan that they've got of of other things. But all the original stories, like you said, Snow White, Cinderella, Little Mermaid, they're all frozen. Frozen is like the weirdest fucked up version of Hans Christian Andersen's uh, uh, story about the Snow Queen. Like, what? Mm-hmm. What is that? What the hell is that? I'm going to have so words with them. I mean, famously, the, they didn't even think that Frozen was going to be a hit. Mm. It, really. it took them by surprise. That's why the the it was this weird sleeper hit. They thought it'll do okay. But for some reason it, it struck a chord and it was a, yeah, it was a, even Disney, they thought it would be a do all right. And obviously they obviously hope it's going to be a success, but the colossal global hit that really took them by surprise. Um, just needs a catch theme tune. That's all well, you need. That, that does help. And uh, of course it does. I mean, trolls, as far as I know, don't have a catchy theme song, but uh, I mean, apart from, the, the, the Norwegians ones might if they get the marketing team. Well, they possibly do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they did. No, they did have the little plastic trolls with the multicolored hair. They they were out. Of, when were, were they popular in like the nineties? Oh yes. Well, they're still around now. But uh, actually, oh, I just they? thought that there is there is an album uh, 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 got by by a local band doing this sort of long slow music called Trollman av Ilt Topog. I think is the name. Which is a, a, a an attempted translation of Warlock of Firetop Mountain, hmm. uh, and uh, they 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 had this. The only reason I remember them, a friend of mine sort of knew them slightly. I can buy them on stuff on Bandcamp. So, but there's an album which has something called like um, "The Skies Darken on the Eve of the Thousandth Bloody Sacrifice" or something. Great, <laughs> and I thought, well, it's a title like that. I've got to at least have a listen to once. And there's a couple of good tracks on there if you like that very slow sort of music. But yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting local band who I know about. So there you go. Maybe that could be their theme song. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, what is a troll? Is there a is there like one Typical, this is what a troll looks like. You're not going to like this answer. Uh, No one knows. No one knows even what the word troll means or where it might have come from. There's a lot of debate about it. But unlike Draugr, which we talked about last time, troll is a mysterious word. There isn't really, even if you delve into all the obscure Indo-European proto-Germanic there's a few people who've had a go, but there's nothing where you can just point it. Ah, that's what it. That's what the origin is. Okay. Uh, it's it, it it which is why it's this sort of very plastic word, and you know, there's, because it seems to get applied as we'll see as we go on to lots of different things, mm-hmm. uh, and, and how it was meant in the earliest times to how it ended up in sort of pop culture, meaning just a generic term for a goblin pixie type creature. 
um, not quite an elf, but something else, that kind of stuff, or the concept of the little troll. But there's so many different variations of, of how the word's even used in the sagas, which is really interesting. And in I think we spoke about with, you know, Draugr and, and, and like last time, that vampires and werewolves and stuff, the further back you go, it gets a lot more muddy as to those terms tend to be almost interchangeable, which to our modern day trope concept, well, no, we know what all these different things, no, there was a, there was no hard and fast rules. You know, people in, you know, the ninth century couldn't just look it up on TV tropes and to check that they were ticking the right yeah. boxes. Can I, can I just say something about that? Like, you know, in the understanding of like folklore and mythology nowadays, one of the biggest problems that we suffer from is sort of like this like index approach that people have to it. Like, you know, there's a category and that has to like fit a certain idea. Like, the worst, the worst example is of course the, the tendency in English to always translate Yertun to giant, right? Mm. Like this, this like is they're not giants. Like if anything, they're sort of they're 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 like I mean etymologically it looks like they're cannibals or you know human eaters or something like that. So it's like they're, they're scary ass demons, right? And we just think of them as some some weird troll like giants <laughs> instead. So yeah, that was that was See, my soapbox you- moment. <laughs> but that's so odd because you say troll like giant, but to me trolls are small, like three that's because four, you're, that's because you're English, max. man. <laughs> I know that, yeah. that that that's the thing though. For but me, they're, just... they're like tiny little things. Maybe but, like four, well, four, they become that way. Yeah, uh, but that's cool. that's also like just to, to attach a comment to that. In Denmark, they're also small. Like okay. trolls are smaller beings, and you know, then you go to Norway, and then they're bigger beings. I think it's, it's, it's interesting that they, uh, in this fantastic kids book, I was, we were talking about just before we started recording, Trolls and Their Relatives. There's this fantastic bit at the beginning where the book is all this gorgeous um, watercolors and it's, it's all in black and it's before the humans, before the animals, before anything. There were trolls. Mm-hmm. These, these eyes just as, in this complete blackness. And there's this concept, at least in the broadest mythological folkloric sense, that they were some kind of primordial thing that isn't human. Mm-hmm. Okay. Except that that's not the entire story because you can become a troll as a human. You can get entrolled which is a sort of an interesting sort of concept that you can be, so you can become a troll. You don't necessarily, so that's, uh, that doesn't make sense from our sort of point of view of the categorization of things fitting into nice little boxes. Yeah. Mm. Trolls sometimes in some of these cases is a, is a sort of synonym for magic. Mm. And in the much guess, later period, you get troll dom, which is just like, Oh, that's just sorcery. troll. But it doesn't. But it's got very little to do with being a, a troll. It's just like a, a general term for m- magical practices or non-Christian shenanigans type thing. Or, or you get um, there's um, I think there's a, a troll corner, which is like a, a troll woman. So there's clearly male and female uh, trolls. I think that's uh, where Bragi the old meets her. That also conflates with like notions of witches. Like, yes, like, indeed. Yeah. I was going to come on to, yeah. Yeah. That, that sometimes the trolls seem to be a bit like Draugr, and then other times they're a bit like sort of witches or wizards. 
you know, who, you know, the classic sort of wizard, you know, living up in a cave somewhere who, if you go up there, you know, you can ask him for something, but he might kill you. He might eat you or he might give you something. You never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they tend to generally tend to live in remote places. So it's that concept of the fear of the wilderness. You want to go outside the, you want to go outside the, you know, the, um, you know, the, the village or the safe place, then you might encounter trolls out in the wilderness and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very much, in in a very very broad sense, um, mm-hmm. but it, I think the, the the classic thing, of course, is is in the Prozetta where Bragi meets the troll Kona, mm-hmm. and he has a you know, and he has a sort of conversation with you know what is a troll, and and the, the troll woman gives him various responses. What is a troll but that? So there's that sort of there's various metaphors, um, so sort of as to what a troll could be. But are those just, as we know with the Prozetta, is that just included? It's just, here's a collection of useful phrases if you're writing a poem, as opposed to any kind of set holy text or anything like that. Yeah. We also have, you know, in the the Scandinavian landscape, uh, several stories about different types of, like, the natural features that have been created by trolls. Mm. So in, in Denmark, we have the uh, ridges that go through the landscape, thanks to the ice that has been pushing uh, debris up in, in like these rich formations. And they are usually said to have been made by trolls. The story is usually that a troll filled his glove with uh, sand uh, because he was tired of uh, hearing the bells ringing in this particular church. And then he started walking towards it, but there was a hole in the glove. And then he just like deposited this long line of sand through the landscape instead. There are actually similar stories in Japan. And in Norway, what you get are usually like um, a sort of, um, what do you call that? Um, like areas with um, with a lot of like loose rock that have been uh, deposited also by ice movements of course that that have been said to be uh, you know created by trolls one of them actually is a story in Telemark where you have a troll uh, who is actually Thor who created that uh, particular ridge um, so yeah that's a they also have like those functions, right? And we have to ask ourselves: is that is that originally a troll, or was was this a more of some some other kind of like mythological being, maybe even a god or something like that? Well, when you describe that sort of um, concept of, of of trolls playing tricks on people or doing things to them, there's the concept in the sort of English Anglo-Saxon thing about elf shot. That mm-hmm. uh, if you've got a pain or something, you don't know where it came from, or maybe an elf shot you with an invisible arrow. That's that's that that's what your problem is. Mm-hmm. And that sort of concept of them doing things, and, and it's not in a kind of funny way. It's considered sort of quite serious. That oh, if you've been afflicted by, you know, if you've got a pain or some kind of issue, and there's a, I think there's a in one of the is it in the is it in one of the sort of uh, the 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 book of uh, the nine herbs or something like that, the cure for elf shot or something like that. There's a particular um, reference there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of yeah. course, animals can also be trolls. Mm-hmm. I think it's in yeah Kraka where there's a a, a wild boar uh, that uh, that attacks some people, and it's referred to as a troll because it's been overcome by magic. It's been trolled somehow. Mm. So has a troll turned well, into a hog? Or it's, it, it's, isn't isn't that the story about the uh, the 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 bull that um, that like. Uh, bellows so loudly that it scares off an army. Is is that is that the one you're thinking about? 
I'm trying yes, to remember we, now. We also have another story. I can't remember which saga this is, but there's. I think it's there, the king and his and his retinue are attacked. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's that's that uh, magical bull or troll bull. Yeah. But there are also some. Uh, there's another saga that um, that has a couple of. Um, um, warriors or warlocks or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them fighting each other in the guise of uh, a bull and a bear, I think it is. And, you know, I guess that would also categorize as true. Shape changing is, uh, yeah. well, shape changing is always, always um, associated with magical practices, whether it's somebody's forced you into a particular shape or whether you've taken on the shape. And sometimes it's a psychological thing that I'm, I'm, I'm in the zone now. I'm, 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 I'm going to go and do the thing. Mm-hmm. And in some of the stories, it's implied, no, the person literally is changing into that shape. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it gets, so, depending upon your, you know, the sources and the era as to how literal that means. So yeah. could it be that the, a troll is rather than a, like a physical thing is more the, the winning for an action. So something's behaving in a certain way. So he's being, like saying trolled, I guess kind of in the way that a troll is today, that you know, somebody who's trolling online, they're just being a fucking asshole. Like they're not becoming an actual troll; they're just a dickhead. So <laughs> could it could it be that that same thing? Is it's like that's the I mean, you're describing them as a troll. If you look at if you look at what 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 is usually attached to the idea of troll, it is that it's something disruptive. Yes, and something that mm. disrupts our our you know, daily life and, and so on. So in that sense, I think, you know, trolling online, that, that is applicable. It, it, it seems as though maybe there isn't like a, a set, busy, like physiological. Uh, no, there isn't. Uh, what a troll would be. Because like, again, for me, they would be short, stocky, a little bit rough looking, I guess, thick. That was one that I always had, like a little bit stupid. Not the, not the. Smile, oh, there's certainly folklore. The later folklore stories certainly are much more about them being stupid and of being, you know, e- easily tricked by some clever young boy. And that's there's the story of, of of the the guy is eating a big meal and he's challenging the trolls to how much he can eat and drink, and he's got like a, a, a like a like a sheep's sort of like stomach or, or, or some kind of bag, right? Like yeah. a, like a water sack. And he says, when I get home, you know, when I get thirsty, if my belly gets too full, I just slit it open, let all the beer out, and I can drink some more. And the troll thinks, oh, well, I could do that. And of course, <laughs> he does that. And he, you know, that sort of thing. Or he tries to eat rock. He pretends he's eating rocks because he's made some cakes look like rocks. And that's a familiar to outwit the, the big supernatural stupid creature. Am I a then- troll? <laughs> you told me that on, on a Friday night after a few beers, I'd be like, all right. Um, but then again, it's not always it's, well, it's weird because it's not always a negative word, which again seems counterintuitive. We always associate now these days, certainly with it's all bad things. There's uh, it's an Erbikia saga, I think. Um, there's a, there's a, a woman who's referred to as Trollit mm-hmm. as a sort of sorceress, but mm-hmm. she's not bad, she's there, and oh, she's just a normal woman. Oh, Are you she has Katla. Yes, I think so. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. well uh, there's um, I think I think there's two characters in there who are referred to in that sort of way, mm-hmm. with um, somehow with trollit is the word that's associated. So trollish maybe mm-hmm. might be a sort of, uh, but it doesn't. In, in, for one person, it's bad. For the other person, it's you know, oh, she she's got it, but she's on our side, so it's it's not a problem. 
Yeah. So it gets really, really murky as to, as to what all these different sort of um, sort of descriptions and what people meant at the time. I think, you know, in the, in the Verlisper, there's a, a great line, uh, something about, um, oh, let me think. It's about the, 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 the wolf that de- devours the sun in, in, or chews on the sun in the shape of a troll, the guise of a troll. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which obviously, what do you mean by guys of a troll? But obviously everybody at the time would have gone, oh, well, we know what that means. But right. nowadays you go, well, does that mean it was just evil? Or is it just, do trolls chew a lot? Mm-hmm. You know, but it, but that, the euphemism, you know, the the um, the description, you know, the kenning, I guess you can say, has been a lot, you know, the meaning behind it has been lost to us. Yeah. I mean, you also have those, uh, you know, Christmas time stories where your farm, if you, if you fail to do the right thing or something mm. like that, then you get invaded by trolls and then they'll come and have a party at your house. Yes. yes. Of course, this, the, the, the variation of those stories where uh, somebody uh, brought a polar bear inside and <laughs> like, what kind of cat is that? And then they find out <laughs> it's not a cat. <laughs> it's a very, very hungry cat. That's it. Yeah, uh... a very hungry cat. <laughs> That's actually that the polar bear story, you know, it, that one is uh, we we have it in Iceland, we have it in Norway, and Sweden, and Denmark. So, so there's a pretty pretty standard story, presumably. Oh, I think there's there's um, I mean, it was a little connection here with the Draugr we talked about last time. I think it is also in our bigger saga. Um, there's um, Thorfinn Twistfoot. Mm-hmm. He's he's described as of. Troll Slicksky or something. It's a word like that. Um, troll Slicksty, I think is the word. Um, as, as sort of like trollish, again, that kind of word, as well as being sort of bloated and kind of strange and horrible. He's also trollish as well as being an undead. So again, right. you're getting that. So it's not quite a dragon thing, but it's a word you might use to describe something weird or something unnatural mm-hmm. in that sort of, perhaps it's one of the, you know, it, it is a very, uh, malleable word that in, yeah. in the different ways it can be referred to. And um, there's, I think there's another line in um, Batstela, a saga where somebody points trollishly. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you point trollishly? Do you, do you like that? Or I don't know. It's, but that's, but people at the time would have gone, Oh, well, we know what that means. That's sort of uh, that, that makes sense to those people. Yeah. You know, and, and, and there's various other sort of concepts of, of what the troll seems to be a very useful word in lots of, you know, anything supernatural, generally the word troll ends up in there somehow. Yeah. Um, so but, what the fuck is a troll? Oh, no, Daniel. So that's the end of the podcast. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so much more confused now. because it's a No, I think it's more interesting. It's I think complicated. It's, yeah. It I think it's complicated. Get, the, the more you look into this old stuff, the, the more interesting it gets because it becomes as much more interesting, weirder, you know, in the best way. You know, once you start of losing all your preconceptions, what you think trolls as big as a giant or maybe it's a huge thing, maybe it lives under a bridge. Now we know. But it, it seems that it can be a person. It can be a creature. It can be a completely non-human entity. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. can be, I think there is a, a story about the, about there are gigantic trolls. There's uh, the, the mountain dweller um, mm-hmm. saga, where there's this literally as big as a mountain, where its eyes are said to be as big as the moon. This mm-hmm. colossal beastie that some, somebody has to fight. Um, so the, Yeah, you know, that's uh, someone just, that's someone <laughs> lying, isn't it? That's someone lying, that's what I'd say. It's like, 
yeah, I had to fight this troll. His eyes were as big as the moon. And he's a mountain, of course. Even if he was was tiny, I'm telling everybody that he was the size of a fucking mountain. But so that story is about volcanic eruptions. So, um, so, so, you know, are the the trolls linked to sort of (laughs) unnatural forces or, Mm -hmm. you know, volcanism isn't seen as something good. So they're linked to that kind of, that's probably a troll under the earth. Mm-hmm. See, obviously the gods don't live down there they live you know in Asgard or higher up places whereas underground is always seen as you know place of uh, either conspiracy or shenanigans or something like that yeah yeah that's true mm. <laughs> so, so, I just I really thought we were going to get like this is what a troll is or at least like some Have sort you, why of- I don't know never why. Sim- How many issues of the podcast have you done? Exactly. It's like, have you ever gotten that answer? <laughs> it's never I, simple. I, I mean, if we ever, if I ever come back to talk about werewolves, it gets confusing again. So you know, we're we're away with that well, stuff. That's, that's next year. So <laughs> next year. I, so I, I just thought it was going to be something, but this just feels like it's everything and nothing all at the same time. Well, they, they are. It is a troll or trolling. It, 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 you know, it can be a sorcerer. It can be this supernatural creature because people do meet these supernatural creatures who are clearly non-human at all or some kind of witch type thing, certainly far removed from baseline humanity, you might want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, these these creatures that sort of interact and you can um, get magic from or have magical items. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so is there always magic involved? You yes. Okay, because anything so that is almost, should we say not so uh, supernatural? Something of the supernatural is always associated with trolls. Not something necessarily kind of otherworldly that you otherworldly explain dangerous stuff. Generally, mm-hmm. is sort of uh, because whenever you interact with magic, somebody dies. There's there's always always a death or some kind of curse or something terrible happens to them. Okay, that's uh, that's top of the list of description of a troll. Now is something magical is always afoot. But then you get the crossover with the Draugr. There's, um, you know, the, in, I think it's in um, is it Hrapper? I think is the, is the the guy who sort of refuses to die uh, because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to give his land up. He literally <laughs> wants to take it with him. He refuses to mm-hmm. sort of to pass away. And a lot of the descriptions of him are very similar to being a troll and, and they absolutely, you know, they absolutely, they, they try always to kill him and, you know, they stab him and he seems to be literally invulnerable until they chop his head off, burn him and throw his ashes in the sea to be absolutely certain. But again, that, that seems to be this, this idea of it's something annoying or just kind of almost like the, the modern description, again, something that's just a pain because again, you know, they want to kill him. He won't die. It's that mm. kind of thing of just being a whether it's you know it, this is as serious as killing a man, and yeah. it's not. It's not like it's not something finicky and small, but it's still kind of that that kind of just a pain in the ass. You can't get the job done because he just won't die. And does is that a recurring theme across? Not so much in 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 most of the troll stories. I would say they tend to be outwitted, particularly in the later folklore stories. Mm-hmm. They tend to be. Uh, a challenge or an obstacle along the way. Now, you could say if you were taking a completely non-mystical interpretation, is a troll just a way of saying a bad person they met along the way who they had to outwit and 
to achieve the objective. If you want, but or or have they actually met something sinister and and you know sort of supernatural that is trying to eat them? Because they're always trying to eat people. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. To the hungry. No, when you're getting back to the you know the cannibal concept, you know with the Jotuns or or, or Etins, if you want to do the other translation there. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you know, yeah, and there's also the they take conflate with you know beings that would you know in previous mythology prior to Christianity would have been mm-hmm. considered positive, right? So in later folklore, you have I think there's a uh, Swedish story about Onsberg, uh, so that means Odin's mountain, right? Mm-hmm. And and that story is again about this the the young lad usually number 3 out of uh oh, the youngest son sons, yeah yes uh, who goes and and then uh, um outwits the the troll that lives in the mountain and that's obviously a story that that has been told or refashioned in later times to undermine whatever you know folktale that was associated with yeah. Odin's mountain, right? You have a similar story in um, Denmark from Tiser, which means the Lake of Tyr, so the god, right? And um, the creation of that lake goes that uh, they built a church um, over in this little village that's uh, right by the lake. And then the bells kept ringing and this troll that, that lived uh, in the area uh, then got annoyed and left Zealand, where the uh, lake is, uh, for Fien instead. So the other other island over on the other side. And uh, over there, uh, the troll ran into a, a guy who was from that village and the troll then asked him if he could uh, bring a letter back to the priest. And he was like, yeah, sure, I can do that. And then, you know, how, he, how polite get, of the yeah, right. <laughs> then he, he goes, uh, he goes there uh, to, to the other side of the, um, the water again and comes over to the Zealand and he's like walking towards the, the village and then he gets tired and he sits down in a meadow and then he's like, looks at that letter and he's like, Oh, this is a curious letter. And then he, as he's like looking at it, uh, all of a sudden water starts like coming out and then pouring out. And then all of a sudden there's a lake right there. And that's Lake Teaser. Again, this is a commentary that has to do with like the legacy of paganism. This was a huge, you know, site in the Viking age for, you know, sacrifices and, and those kinds of things. You've actually found like the largest gold ring that has ever been found Mm -hmm. in Scandinavia in that lake. Um, Okay. So so yeah, two, two things to ask about that. One, Mm -hmm. I guess that's a a link to magic, having a, a weeping letter. Mm -hmm. Um, and two, do you think there's any link between it being called Tears Lake and the story of its origin through trolls? Yeah, I know we don't know much about Tear, but is there any link? Of the, the link, trolls? the link is that 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 we're dealing with a Christian tradition that is now trying to undermine a, a pre-Christian tradition, right? Because okay. this this site, the the lake itself, uh, would have had like in the early medieval period. And probably far into the high medieval period would have had, uh, they they would have had like the knowledge that this used to be a significant site back in the pre-Christian period, right? So so you purposefully try to undermine that memory of the pagan religion that used to exist there, 
um, through these types of stories. And you find them, again, with Onspec as well, an explanation for, uh, um, you know, whatever uh, holy attributes uh, pre-Christian populations had to that mountain. Uh, you, you, you explain that through, oh, trolls that are then overcome by uh, a quick-witted um, little dude, right? Those kinds of things. So that's pretty common. Okay. Well, I, I was going to also mention that, that, that uh, I just saw something in the chat mentioned the word ogre, which often mm-hmm. is, people think is synonymous with troll. If mm-hmm. I remember rightly, the origin of the word ogre is a French or an old medieval French word or, or, or something, or, or whatever. I think it is a... Ogre. Okay. No, I can't remember what I think. I'm reaching back to what I did this for A-level a long, long time ago. And I think it was a, a corruption sort of... A, 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 a sort of a, 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 It was a real historical thing that happened, but it got, got corrupted. It's essentially, it was a way of describing, um, I believe, it was, wouldn't it have been the Huns? who got as far as France. There was one particular sort of horde. It wouldn't have been the Mongols, but it was like a latest horde that got as far as France. And the concept of the 10 league boots was because there were horseback riders and could come in, do terrible stuff and leave. So they, they must have massive boots to come in so quickly and, and attack. And then, and it was sort of some kind of corrupted garbled version of that ends up becoming a folk story about the, you know, the, the strange sort of ugly guy who'll appear out of nowhere and do terrible things and then run away again. Um, so you've got a bit of racism I, there as well. So. I, I think you're mixing a couple of things together. So I'm pretty sure that the etymology of ogre is from Latin. So this is right. ogre Latin, right? Um, uh, the, the Latin orcus, right? So that's orcus. The, that's a god of the underworld in, right. in in Roman mythology that then actually takes on a, sort of like his own life as a very, very interesting folk creature. And this might be where that story then comes in. Because in the uh, 10th century, what you see in like Spain and France and Italy is what looks like the, essentially the the revival of of the some sort of like folk version of the Dionysian uh, uh, rites, and uh, their their you know the figure is Orcus, um, who in you know. Also, this also like is revived in in the the, the German area. So there, he's known as Horko. Now, the interesting thing about this is that in in England, where the revival also shows up, his name is Wudewathan. So <laughs> that's very close to Woden. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> so there's some there's something that. Uh, um, Are you telling me my my, my high school uh, history teacher lied to me? Terrible, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think if I think he's still happened, alive, I'll have words with him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think what happens in this time period is that Orcus um, uh, is sort of like applied to multiple um, like folk tales. So so this this might be one of those folk tales that then. Um, where where the figure then shows up, like so, as sort of like a a um, sort of maybe like the epitome of the troll, right? The mm-hmm. the underworld being that's messing with our existence in different ways, because of course the the church is not happy about the, those folk revivals, those uh, carnivals. Um, because you know, fun things happen. Well, they don't control it for a start. So there's a, they don't control it, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So what about an orc? Well, because I feel like again, an orc is something that I would consider in the same realm as 
as in my opinion anyway, like before we did this podcast, there's like a that typical troll type creature. Well, I think you're know, taking that from obviously um uh Tolkien, who was uh, a, a very sort of highly educated linguist. So he was picking multiple words from old English and Scandinavian and various sort of languages to pepper his stuff with. He was steeped in Germanic law and history. And he was sort of combining all kinds of words from all over Europe, and that mm-hmm. you know to, to sort of uh, to to give it a richness. And you know, very few people have had that linguistic background and also the ability to write a story as well. So mm-hmm. I think "orc" was one word, and I mean words of like "goblin." For, yeah, you know, "goblin" that, was another one that I yeah I, I I I think it has a link to medieval French as well, or, or, or something like that. There's a multiple words there. Uh, I think are always it's... bald in my mind, though. They're like these, <laughs> these little wrinkly, bald creatures. I think, I think you're <laughs> thinking of all the... Like um... from Harry Potter, huh? <laughs> little, little scrotums running around. That's, that's what I think we're for some reason. The thing is, most of my images of these creatures comes from the sort of 1980s sort of fighting fantasy books that had some spectacularly gory illustrations that are highly worth looking at. Um, interesting, mm-hmm. I, I was tracking down some of those illustrations. Uh, one notorious one of this is this rotting corpse with the sort of flesh peeling off it, you know, for kids as it's mm-hmm. crawling towards the viewer. And a great illustration. I thought, oh, I wonder who the artist is. The artist is Russ Nicholson. And you know what he's done? He's done a, a Choose Your Own Adventure book not that long ago based on Beowulf. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. I haven't read it, so I can't say whether it's any good, but he, he did all the illustrations for it. So it's like a Choose Your Own Adventure they're like semi-educational, but they yeah, sort of a. But they got him because he's like known as like an old school kind of. So, question for yeah. you in that regard: Since you mentioned Beowulf, is Grendel a troll? Well, there are many academic papers have discussed this, and I'm sure you're well sure. aware. <laughs> uh, the most interesting take on on Grendel, Grendel's mother as well, is sort of this evil feminine thing. Mm. Um, much, much debated, and again, but was that. Does Grendel represent a another belief system? Mm. Possibly some kind of Celtic mother goddess type thing that they don't like that the that the people mm. who are telling the story from their perspective, this is evil, whatever that is, we have to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. And certainly there's a in, in another weird, weird weird if that's the case, like that they I mean, there's no proof. This is just a hypothesis. That's, yeah, I know. Just yeah. Thinking about like and it's taking place over there on the other side. Uh, well, I mean, the Celtic people's covered a, an awful lot of sort of area. It depends what you, how you define Celtic because okay, so, it's a very, yeah. Right, so we mean deep history. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, that, that's one sort of, you know, take that. It, that might have been their myths at the time as opposed mm. to, you know, they're, they're reaching back to their mythology, which is completely lost to us, what they would consider ancient. Mm-hmm. Um, that's That's one take on it. That, uh, that 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 Grendel and certainly the descriptions of Grendel and Grendel's mother as a being monstrous and you know certainly definitely not human in any respect. Um, mm. But I think there's another reference in oh, I don't know which saga it is where somebody's sailing on the uh, near a shore and sees sort of giant a giant woman or something in the forest and that's implied to be some one hypothesis is that is that a a reference to oh. That what that really means—that's the symbolism of the people who worship the giant goddess who lived over there. Is is that um, is that what is his name? Thorstein, 
Is I think it, so. Yeah. So what, what he sees is actually quite fascinating because it is, or maybe it's Bosa Saga. It could be Bosa Saga where um, Bossi is, he's traveling north and then he sees um, uh, um, on shore, he sees um, like, this is like Northern Norway somewhere. He sees a giant uh, female troll fighting a male troll, I think it is. And then, <laughs> then it goes, and her genitals were hanging below her skirt. And Bosi thought that that was uh, quite conspicuous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the sagas are going to go there. Whatever you think. Oh, surely they'll not. Oh, yes, they, they are. are. <laughs> yes, of course. They, the older ones, especially. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, which, which kind of brings me to want to talk about um, female trolls in particular. And mm-hmm. you'll know about the um, the Hulda or Huldra. Mm-hmm. And the female trolls who are the sexy trolls, mm-hmm. depending oh, upon yeah, your. I'm, the, I'm listening. <laughs> Uh, 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 which I the the sexy trolls where if you're wandering through the forest and you see this very attractive woman who has a tail uh, uh, and you propose to her and you know you have things in common uh, and make her your wife uh, for a year and you keep things all cool and you know you you have a you're compatible shall we say Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. then the tail drops off and she becomes a normal human again Mm -hmm. so she's no longer you have to go to church Oh yes, so, uh, yeah. You have to get oh, married okay. in the church. So that's so, when, t- yeah, yeah. That's, so this uh, is that interesting, weird crossover of like very old beliefs blending in with a sort of, um, a sort of Christianity and folklore and mm-hmm. other things like that. A lot and, of those stories are attached to the shielings up in the pastures in the mountains in Norway, right? So it's like this. Usually, it's like some some guy goes and looks after the cattle up there all by himself. He's lonely. The entire season. Of course. Yeah. And then he shows up with this chick with a tail. <laughs> and then he <laughs> brings it to the church and then they get married and the tail falls off. And it's like, what's been happening, guys? What, what is this? Mm. I, I'm not sure I want to know. <laughs> well, I, I, is it a symbolic thing? Is it that, that she, you know, uh, might it have been that she had a long pigtail or something like that from, from another tribe? And that might have been it. But mm-hmm. over the years, that's got all distorted and, you know, and just a long pigtail doesn't sound very sexy and weird, but oh, she had an actual tail. Well, by the did time you marry it, a cow? <laughs> well, who knows, you know, uh, 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 the love that dare not speak its name up in those pastures, I think. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, if, if, if she doesn't marry somebody, in, in, uh, then she becomes incredibly evil and lives mm-hmm. a very, very long, is it like a thousand, it says a thousand years old, or a very, very long time. Um, so mm. she has a, a, she becomes incredibly evil and, and this much more sinister figure if she doesn't find a man, which again, could you be more sexist? Oh, if she doesn't find a man, well, you know what happens then? Then she becomes super evil and lives forever. Like, wow. Okay. <laughs> Somebody had issues. Somebody had issues back in the <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, so are these, are these like the medieval version of, of like the, the modern, uh, uh, sexy um, Halloween outfit uh, type of people you find everywhere. Oh, I, I, okay. I, I wouldn't even say that. I think she's in the illustrations I've seen or the or the or the folk illustrations I've seen. She's naked. Mm-hmm. So he meets this woman who's just happens to be naked in the forest. Oh hi, mm-hmm. you know I'm just. So she just, can't just, hide the tail. The tail's so, not oh, sure. Yeah. So so <laughs> that's that's how we know she's not hiding it. Oh, of course, in other stories he then falls in love with her and then he finds out she has a tail and mm-hmm. so on and so on. But there's, there's various sort of stories like that. There's, 
There are also variations of this story uh, from southern Scandinavia where you have a, uh, this is usually a shepherd who mm-hmm. hangs out at night with the, with the sheep. And, and then, you know, this beautiful woman. Well, this beautiful woman comes to him and she's naked and then they start, you know, getting into it and everything. And then as he's like putting his arms around him, he realizes she's got a hole in the back and she's actually like a tree. Um, ah, so he's yes. like humping a tree instead. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's, that, that's, an, that's, that's what that is, is somebody who's <laughs> fucking a tree and their mates come out of the forest and gone, <laughs> What you up to? And he's going, you're not going to believe this. You are not going to believe this, but this was a, I swear this was a beautiful woman. (laughs) (laughs) Just as soon as you turned up, you'll never guess. Yeah. You, she's a fucking tree. Going back to the, to the, you know, naked ladies with tails out in the forest um, and the shieldings and so on, which Mm -hmm. is particularly a trait of like the, the the mountainous areas of Scandinavia. Like when we get to the, the, the the time of like the burning age where, you know, we have a lot of witch hunts and so on. um, We have to keep in mind that comparably there's a lot more people in uh, in Sweden and Norway, who are being uh, charged and uh, punished in different ways, also executed for having sex with animals. Mm. So um, you know there could be something there <laughs> with the whole tale thing. Oh. Just saying, but yeah, I mean that's the there's the Christ- suck, don't they? I mean, there's, no, it's the just- Christ- the Christian concept. Uh, I think in old laws, certainly in England and other places, parts of the world that. Um, any kind of unnatural sex from the Christian point of view, whether that was gay sex, whether it was sex with animals, or even with your own wife, if you did something that was considered a bit dodgy or this came to light, um, you know, that was all classed as evil or satanic. Mm-hmm. So whether, so, you know, fucking a dream was the same, was was as bad as having sex with a pig. Really? Mm-hmm. It seems there's a bit of a gap there, but from, from the people at the time, that was all as, as bad mm-hmm. and as evil. And the That's... only way, reason somebody would do that is because, They'd been somebody cast a spell on them, or they were up to evil stuff. Mm-hmm. But see, you know, this is this is what you get from having a, you know an atmosphere of sexual repression, right? Mm-hmm. Like if people could just do the things that they'd like to do, uh, then they wouldn't have to go fuck a goddamn cow, right? Like that's really what that is about. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> think so. I think men are just fucking. You're never hearing a fucking I mean, the, woman. You, there's never a woman fucking a cow. Doesn't happen. A fuck, unless a guy's talked to her. Well, a cow just, is a female. Okay, well, bull, bull, bull. Bull. Well, a I mean, bull. Or you date, but but the, the, it still stands. It's never women. It's always men, because men are just fucking. I. I I don't know what goes on in our minds sometimes. This is an entirely different kind of horror. Really. <laughs> I don't want to know what goes on in your mind sometimes. <laughs> you don't want to know what goes on in my mind. <laughs> but it, it feels... <laughs> it, it just always does come down to... But you can't... I don't are you, think you, can are you engaging in self-shaming right now, Dan? <laughs> is that what's happening? I, you, can't, you can't blame sexual repression because men would still fuck weird shit. No matter what you can say. You can say to men, you could do whatever you want to do. Go do whatever you want to do. And there'll, there'll be this one thing over there that you're not meant to do. And they'll be like, I'm going to go put my dick in that. 
because it's just what some men do. And I don't understand why, but it's just what they fucking do. So you're, you're, It's you, pretty trollish right there. <laughs> you're you're reminding me of a, of, of, a, of a routine by Lenny Bruce from the 1950s, one of many routines that got him banned in the 1950s. And he said, you know, trapped on a desert island, he, he says in the routine that men would do it to mud. So if you catch your husband with mud... <laughs> mm. but, uh, this but thing, I think that because you could there could be a guy and he could be like you can do whatever you want with your wife she will do anything you want you two can have the most amazing sex life whatever but if he's so inclined when he's working late and there's some sheep about if he's that way he's fucking the, she- he's fucking the sheep and you can't it's not just because I don't think oh it's just God. because his wife gives him well, I, I can't put a, a sheep I, fucking I, episode I, I can put a nicer twist on this that one of the reasons why people often claimed that they were having sex with animals is because theft was punishable by death mm. whereas doing un- things with animals that you shouldn't uh, was often a fine or some kind of prosecution and perhaps all kinds of things like that. So often <laughs> so people, were, people were genuinely, were, so if it's a choice between being accused of that or, mm-hmm. or being killed, you're going to always claim that. There might be something mm-hmm. horrible. It might People are going to laugh at you for the rest of your life, but you're going to be alive. So, mm-hmm. that's, okay. often, so that's why a lot of that comes from. Okay, was- okay, I just need to add a fun fact here. I don't know if it's fun, but uh, a <laughs> fact uh, about my, uh, my my home country, Denmark. Um, it was only in 2013 that we outlawed um, bestiality, so <gasps> sex with animals. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yes. And uh, here's the um, interesting thing. Is that about thing- the time that you moved to America as well? Is that around the same? <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years later. Um <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any sheep around here anyway um <laughs> uh, and and uh, what do you know actually in um and maybe it was actually in 2017 anyway um <laughs> it was very recent wow northern the northern parts of denmark uh, were actually a uh, um a um sort of like sex tourists spot for primarily norwegians just oh. FYI, yeah, for you know, renting okay. a oh my a, goodness, a bed in our stables. <laughs> what the what the fuck is? I see. This is when you it's said like people earlier, were about, coming from Norway and Sweden to f- fuck animals. <laughs> we've gone we've gone full circle because you said earlier about Scandinavia being like the the weird place up there, and this might be why. Because <laughs> yeah, there you go. Apparently, I, you just... I was going to ask you, we've like, talked about um, people being prosecuted for these things by, you know, doing the kind of, um, like the witchcraft craze, but there was, there is a troll connection there as well, because there's a character, and I cannot remember the name of it, but a character who's essentially a sort of a placeholder for the devil or Lucifer, but he's not called that. He's a kind of troll as well. Okay. I try, try to remember the name of the character, but in, in folklore, where all of these trolls that this guy will get you, he's a sort of, it's a Christian folklore type sort of thing, this this new sort of character who's a kind of a composite of all the evil things of trolls. Oh, he'll eat you. Oh, he'll suck your blood. Oh, he'll do this kind of stuff. Who's this? So I was depicted with like a top hat or, or like some kind of strange hat. This kind of sinister guy will come and get you. Who's a sort of version of Satan, sort of version of Lucifer, but also kind of a troll as well in in much much later folklore. This sort of strange mm. character who will kind of um, just seeing all that kind of um, 
what have we got sort of um, convergent mythology such as end up just getting poured at the same bucket, even though it's coming from completely different random places. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always find that interesting that this sort of people, instead of it just being a line in the sand, we're not going to have that. It just ends up getting, uh, yeah, somebody's mentioning, um, yeah, I think it is Gamla Eric or, or, or Old Eric. I, I, I think that is um, Old Eric is the, is the character, a bit like Old Nick, you know, in England, and you hear that, but this this old Eric character is this really interesting sort of composite figure in mythology. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point, this is when the trolls are doing something different again. Mm-hmm. Now, depending upon which do belief they, you can follow. Do they ever do anything good? Well, I'm going to get to that. Yeah, maybe. 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 Because um, uh, there's Inside obviously... You're on. Uh, well, there's all the, the stories of the trolls being evil and being tricked and kind of you know doing sort of all, with all the sort of supernatural evil stuff and cannibals and, and you know wanting to eat people and all that kind of stuff. But gradually, now this is a piece of folklore or, or one version of this is that the trolls get fed up of being hunted and terrible stuff happening to them, so they decide to enough. decide to um, take their career in a different direction. They get smaller and smaller. And this, rather than running away from people, they decide to live in their houses. Oh. So okay. this is one theory, one interpretation, one hypothesis. And so people have problems with their cattle or things going on in their houses. But then they, maybe if I leave, leave something out for the troll, my cattle will be okay. In fact, if I leave a bit more, maybe he'll keep an eye on them. So this idea of leaving little gifts out. So this idea of the household spirit, kind of Nisa, uh, Tomton, and various other words. These things that seem to be perhaps distantly descended from the idea of trolls. Who could who, it be? Could it be slaves? No, I wouldn't would say slaves. Like, you never see them. Slave like kind of like. No, no, no. It's not really a slave. It's like they want to live in your house. They become but, Dobby. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, but no, they're, they're living in your house. So, but if you leave something out, maybe they'll look after it. You know, you leave a little saw something out for them and, you know, you won't see them, but that kind of, well, we get the modern day, completely watered down, bodlerized version of the elf on the shelf. Mm-hmm. But before all that, you get this idea of this creatures living in your house. And of course, in some theories and things, these are also somehow related to your ancestors which seems, or your ancestors, trolls, I don't know, but depends upon which local folklore blend you've got. You know, and sometimes these things are the ghosts of your ancestors and some of them, no, they're not. They're little creatures who, and that's where you get that modern day thing of all the little trolls with like the pointy hats and the the big beards and and that sort of thing. This kind of, Mm -hmm. this sort of completely watered down version of these creatures that used to be marauding terrible things and eat your cattle and steal it and, do all terrible things, but now they all oh, they, they've got they've re- reduced in size. They hang out in your in the in the rafters and little places, so you can't get rid of them. So you might as well appease they've them. Been domesticated, they've been domesticated, and they've they been domesticated. Back, yeah, they look back on the former trolls and wish they could go back to that life where they got to eat the. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the, uh, in, in, in the story that I read was that it's the fact that they got fed up of being hunted, fed up of living out in the cold. Well, maybe we should we should change our approach. We could live with people and find a way to mm. coexist. So that's a sort that sounds, of... That kind of sounds like that. dogs, the domestication of dogs. 
<laughs> well, possibly, <laughs> possibly. Yeah. I don't know why that's so funny. It or, or are the dogs domesticating us? Well, that's true. Well, that's true. Possibly dun, now. Dun, dun. Well, I think cats domesticated us. If you look at the way that cats are, you know, that the, 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 uh, yeah, they've, the they've got the real hustle. Domesticated us, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, I always like that line in the in, in the Terry Pratchett, you know, the pyramids book where they have they have all these cats and they have these gigantic pyramids and things like that. And he says they have thousands of miles of sand, but they still piss in the pyramids. Why? Why? We've <laughs> <laughs> got this all this sand perfect for you, but no, it's still in the temples. But, <laughs> <laughs> That's that's how what things. That's do. cats for you, yeah, absolutely. You can have that's... you can have all the sexual freedom with your wife, but you still go fuck a sheep. Apparently, <laughs> <it's>, uh... <laughs> I I don't. Some people do, may I ask? Then I don't know what you get up to, but that's totally your business, man. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm very particular about that kind of thing. But how about your sheep? <laughs> it has to be. Oh, it has to be a good-looking sheep. I'm very picky. Well, then the most, uh, I think the most uh, modern day sort of interpretation of trolls is the movie Border, which you've probably heard of. No. No, no. Border's a very unusual sort of quirky, I guess, almost indie film where this guy is working as a sort of uh, sort of border guard type kind of guy who just checks people's bags and stuff, but clearly isn't human or is some kind of Neanderthal kind of guy. Uh, and, and, he meets, surely enough, he finally meets his Neanderthal lady and they have this very sort of strange relationship. But it's, are they trolls? Are they Neanderthals? And there's one theory that says that is the sort of the, the, the concept of the troll, these primitive people living out there, is this kind of some kind of ancient folk memory of, you know, when humans and Neanderthals were sort of coexisting? which is impossible to prove, but I like that. I like that idea of it being this kind of, maybe that's where all the concept of the, the strange people who haven't, aren't living in houses, who still live out in the wilds doing their own thing. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. I mean, yeah, if you, if you think about it, like uh, we humans um, have existed with a bunch of other versions of humans um, for a very long time. And some of them have been smaller and some of them have been bigger. It's not impossible to, to, to just like theorize. And I know that, you know, all of my uh, uh, academic peers would like crucify me right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not impossible to theorize that there is some lingering memory of some of those um, sort of populations that have existed out there. You know, most of whom, by the way, have gone into our general genetic oh, absolutely, genetic yes, makeup, right? Which means the that troll is inside us. <laughs> the troll is inside us, and uh, this whole thing of like encountering a naked lady with a uh, tail out there in the woods is probably not totally impossible for us, some of our ancestors. Yeah. Uh, the, well, the most interesting this is an academic paper, so well, well fine. So your your colleagues can have a go on the like. There was a question, I think uh, it was something like uh, along the lines of, "Did the Neanderthals and primitive humans kiss?" Is, is, okay. Surely, there's no, no way you can possibly answer that. No. <laughs> but you can apparently in some skulls they found in the bacteria in the mouths of the of the or the teeth or whatever they they could salvage and the kind of bacteria that could only be transmitted through kissing all mouth to mouth contact of, of some way mm-hmm. so well, you know so, so perhaps they we're more romantic than we give them credit for maybe maybe yeah. the trolls are, are getting a bad rap 
Yeah. You know, and oh. and I am getting visions of like Hamlet talking to a skull. Well, um, <laughs> are we all back to Denmark? Yes. <laughs> I guess so. Or Hamlet. Oh. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's the, okay. that, is there is there that anything is a great else place we... to encounter Neanderthals, though? Yeah, Denmark. Well, the only thing I was going to mention. Need... Well, yes, the troll cross. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Which, which is a load of rubbish, but yeah. it's oh, great. Okay. But it is a, it is an interesting thing that somebody said there was this troll cross symbol he found on his farm that was to keep trolls away and it was an ancient symbol. Mm-hmm. Great. If that was true and provable, that'd be fantastic. Except there is no proof anywhere at all apart from this one guy on this one farm who says. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty tenuous evidence. Mm-hmm. I'd like it to be true. And if they find further evidence that it is, great. You know, but it's essentially probably some kind of sigil symbol saying this is Throlf's mm-hmm. farm or something like that, some kind of something like probably. So does, over, the, yeah. does that symbol exist anywhere outside of that farm? Nope. Okay, and, and for anybody nope. listening, the symbol, it's kind of like the Othala Roomba with curled yeah. feet. The feet like curl back around. Oh, it looks pretty so. cool. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a pendant with it on somewhere. So there's nothing wrong with having you, cool symbols, you know. Uh, but it, unfortunately, it's it's not uh, it as yet. You never know. Archaeology, somebody might find something in a field tomorrow that, that will prove that it's you know goes back to the ninth century. You know, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying it won't, but so far nothing's been found. And okay. uh, the, but the very last thing, of course, I mentioned is is this sort of the which you're going to be talking about next time, I believe, is uh, trolldom which is mm-hmm. a much, much later thing, but has the same name, which is all kinds of stuff, which I, I'm not going to mention. I'm going to mention very briefly. It's all to do with talking to the dead and all kinds of shenanigans like that. Um, but okay. uh, but uh, I guess tune in next time is all I can say. That's <laughs> yes. it, yeah. Tune so we're, we're doing time. back-to-back spooky episodes because mm-hmm. we now have a a Bob to plan for us. <laughs> we have to have some, some scheduling. <laughs> Um, yeah, so back-to-back horror episodes, I guess. Oh, yes. Yes. Which is always fun. Always a lot of fun. Um, okay, so I think after an hour and a half, the, I've slowly realized that maybe I'm a troll. And other than that, <laughs> and, other than that I'm, I, and I what, don't... And you, you also have... Uh... <laughs> Romantic. No, no. Uh, that, dies. <laughs> that dies with this episode. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this is a new coconut bikini kind of scenario. Oh, I, so, so I did say we, we and, do the and Dick Biter for that matter. I did say we have to do the coconut bikini in the next two episodes. So I'm going to do my best. Oh for the next episode. <laughs> Just because it and and Halloween seems like he's going to be quite fitting. So I'm going to do my best to get one made for the next episode Mateus maybe you can try and get one if not I'll do it on my own I don't mind I'll I'll, I'll see what I can do yeah and then I'll Ooh. lower the camera a little bit so you can actually see Ooh, my, my get a little bit cleavage yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay I'm there all right <laughs> <laughs> all right hey, Rich thank you very much it's, it's always a pleasure always a pleasure Daniel Matthias always a pleasure yes always a pleasure we look forward to werewolves next year and if you're very lucky, you might talk about were whales as well. Oh, I okay. like the sound of that. Yeah. Zombie mm-hmm. <laughs> whales. No, no, it's yes. it's a guy who turns into a whale. Oh, oh, that oh. guy. I know that. Yeah, yeah, you know who I mean. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
<laughs> I, yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to that. It was a one-time <laughs> thing, Dan. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had a terrible joke. I'm not going to make. So okay, Rich, <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> Rich, where can people find? <laughs> you find, find it all over the internet. Uh, but if you look up um, of Wolf and Man or of Wolf and Man book, I'm on Twitter. I have a blog and a Facebook page that I'm sort of going to be taking in some weird and wonderful esoteric directions shortly. So that'll be fun stuff. I'm trying to mm-hmm. actually, for once, get away from history, go into the more weird and wonderful side of things. Uh, hopefully talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've posted enough about history, so I'm going to go into the the the, the, the weird side of stuff. So I think uh, October is mm-hmm. the perfect time for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, can't wait to see that. Um, Mateus, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on my website. Just type in my name, Matthias Norvig, and there you go. There you go. Obviously, you can find me, Daniel and Scott Farrand, one on Instagram, or still need to... F- oh, here's a fucking... <laughs> this one I forgot. <laughs> oh, I don't have my <laughs> phone with me. I had a message of some guy on um, <laughs> on Facebook the other day. Like, I just saw this, this, this rec- message in my request from Daniel Farrand. I was like... This is weird. I wonder what this is. Clicked on it. It's some guy with like a weird fucking picture. Really weird picture. And then he had like a bunch of other pictures of him like in this weird kind of like ghoulish makeup. Maybe he's a really nice fella. Maybe he listens to the podcast. I don't know. It looked really odd. And he was like, oh, so strange to find the only other Daniel Farrand on, on Facebook. How are you doing? Name, like name twin or something. And that was the only message. So, and that's, that's all he said. First of all, why the fuck? I can you imagine looking up the other Matthias Nordwig on Facebook <laughs> and then messaging them saying, "How are you doing, name name twin?" It's like, don't do that. First of all, it's weird. <laughs> and secondly, I looked. There's fucking tons of Daniel Farrens on Facebook. <laughs> so you're fucking lying to me. I'm not the only one. So why the fuck are you sending me a message? <laughs> if you do listen to the podcast, I'm sorry, but it was a little bit weird. <laughs> I mean, I follow my name trend on, on YouTube. He's some kind of uh, low-level guitarist. has a little channel with uh, about 50 views per song. But I occasionally uh, I find that I get shocked of like, oh, Richard Blackett has, has uploaded a new video. Have I? Oh, no, it's that other guy. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was that. That happened to me this week, I guess, which was, it was a little bit strange. I did find it uh, odd. Yeah, someone in the chat said he's clearly a troll. It could be. Uh, he, he, yeah, <laughs> an actual literal looked, troll, yes. He looked more like a ghoul than a troll. But, <laughs> <laughs> all right. If you, um, if you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star rating and a positive review wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you can, please think about supporting us on Patreon. Obviously, you get to watch the episodes live, which is always good fun. The chat is always a lot of fun. There's a lot of little in-jokes that are on there that miss. Sometimes the chat's funnier than the episode. I'm reading, <laughs> chuckling along to that. So, you know, that's always good. Journey. So it's a wonderful little community. You also help us keep growing the podcast. Um, we're going to start again. We're going to start with the story time episodes again. You also get every episode, I think it's like three weeks, three, four weeks before they come out for general release now. Um, so yeah, if you listen to to this and you want, you can't wait for the next ones, they're already released on Patreon, so you can jump on there, listen to them, get caught up and or get in front of everybody else. Um, yeah, and obviously 
follow us on Instagram, Facebook, just at Nordic Mythology Podcast. And YouTube. Mm. And YouTube, yeah, YouTube. Yes. Hit the subscribe button, hit the little bell button. Mm. We're releasing a bunch of interviews on there. Yeah. Um, then you, you can always see me picking my nose while we are doing the episodes <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I try. <laughs> sometimes I catch myself like getting my finger up there and I'm like, fuck, no, I'm, I'm on camera and people actually might watch this now. So when we first started, it didn't matter. This is like, yeah. I'm fucking finger up there all the time. And it's like, no one's going to watch it. So Scratching it your balls, picking your nose. Yeah. <laughs> I know you, you told me at Midgast, but you rarely even wear pants when we do this. So. <laughs> God um, damn it, you're out at me. <laughs> well, it seems that like you were trolls all along. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And on that on that note, let's let's get out of here. Yes. All right. <laughs> thank you all. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you for everybody who joined the chat and watched live. And Rich, most probably thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so all much. Right. Take care. Have a good evening. Ciao.